Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We thank you for joining us this morning, Guy Shiraki. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm doing great. It's I'm getting whiplash with all the breaking news yeah. that's happening. My goodness. I know. I know. I know. And uh, this is opening and wearing one of my many hats. This is opening weekend for fall softball. So working <laughs> on travel lineups uh, as in between some free time. But yeah, it's happening. And uh, I decided to write about the issues in Chester County because they hit close to home. And uh, you know, a, a week ago, this was not on my radar or any of ours, but it but it became mm-hmm. uh, very relevant to our lives. And while it's national news and people want to, you know, from across the nation, or across the state, want to peer in mm-hmm. uh, and take a look. Uh, this is very real to us, the people who live here. It's very real to us, the people who, who go shopping here, who's, who know family here. It's very real, but I felt compelled to write about it, not because it's a national story, but because it's real to us. But it it's the result, I believe, of, of bad political priorities and bad political policies. I mean, you, you have you, you know, we have effectively turned over Chester County to almost unchecked control of the Democratic Party, a party who in recent years has de-emphasized law enforcement, has looked at police officers as the problem, wants us to understand the criminal doesn't want us to seal the border because we have to understand the millions of people pouring over the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what happens. Uh, you have a, a break, uh, an escape in our prison in May. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, a, a multiple murderer who's wanted on charges in Brazil, who should not be here in the first place, here escapes, mm-hmm. right, escapes the very same way. And, and you hear rumblings as if, you know, well, you shouldn't talk about this. We can't make this political. We can't make this political. This wasn't a this wasn't a hurricane. This wasn't a tree that fell. This these were decisions from politicians not taking the prison seriously, not taking law enforcement seriously, not notifying the public, waiting for days to ask the state police for help, and they put people's lives and livelihoods in danger. So, in the midst of everything that we've been working on, the things that you and I have talked about, I had to stop and say, look, we need to draw attention from this. First and foremost, we need this murderer captured. And I'd like him sent back to Brazil. But at a minimum, we need him captured and put in a maximum security facility. But we, at the same time, need to ask, how did this happen? And we better not make it happen again. Mm-hmm. One of the ways we make sure it doesn't happen again is we sure as heck don't reelect the people who are running for office this November who were part of the problem. And that's why I felt compelled to speak out, because actions have consequences and elections have consequences. And we've seen the results of bad actions and bad policies right before our eyes. So you call out in particular the Chester County uh, DA's office and the sheriff. Take us through who who you're calling out. 
Sure. So as in all of our counties, whether you live in Box, Montgomery, Chester, Lehigh Valley, whatever, every county has a board of commissioners. Uh, ours has been uh, majority Democrat as the politics here have changed. The commissioners hire the warden. The commissioners set the policies with the warden for how inmates are held. The sheriff is elected by the citizens. Like all other elected officials, the sheriff is uh, a Democrat. And, and the security of prisoners. And she's running for judge. The commissioners are running for re-election. And the DA, who has made herself the face of this investigation, she was the one charged. Uh, she's running for judge because none of these officials ever want to keep the office they have. They want to run. She, she's the one that prosecuted this guy that should have handed him over the federal authorities, should have sent him back to Brazil, and sure as heck should have made sure that he was in a maximum security facility. Uh, she's running for office. So somebody's got to stand up and say, why are we going to reelect or promote these people that can't even do the jobs they have? Yeah. And so the warden, so there's an acting warden. And, and so the, so because the right be fairly close to where this happened, what yeah. happened to the, the, the warden that had been appointed? And right now we have an acting war, uh, warrant, right? Yeah. Warden, so the say. other warden. Yeah, the other the other warden left uh, uh, those because of all that's going on now. It's becoming increasingly fuzzy why that warden mm-hmm. left. Was it was it simply retirement disagreement over policy? We're not really sure. But what we know is the person appointed by the commissioners to be the warden, which, again, is one of their duties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the county prison is not an afterthought. There are those of us that think it's one of the most important things they do, because one of the important things is, hate to make this overly simplistic, but one of the responsibilities of government is to keep us safe, to keep the bad guys away from the good guys. Uh, the warden left, so the commissioners appointed an acting warden, uh, and we have this escape. And now in a video that has seen been seen millions of times across the nation and thousands of times in our area, we see that a murderer was let out into the general population of the prison, allowed out in the yard for his exercise and rest because he's entitled to that. We see him climb up a wall, climb on a roof and leave like something you see in a, in a, in a movie. But what's shocking is we're told this is the identical thing that happened in May. A prisoner out for his uh, rest and relaxation scaled the building, climbed on the roof and jumped out. So you would think that if you take law enforcement seriously, if you take security seriously, you'd make sure the very same thing doesn't happen again. But the folks here in Chester County didn't. And as I've shared with others, I just want to, at the risk of beating this into the ground, mm-hmm. county prisons, as you as you know from your from your work, county prisons are for people whose terms are are typically five years or less. Mm-hmm. These are DUIs, failure to pay child support maybe uh, car theft, uh, welfare fraud. I don't don't mean to minimize, but these are not where you typically put rapists or murderers. The only time these folks go there is when they're supposed to be held very briefly as a holding cell until they're transferred to where you put violent criminals. So when this guy comes in, when, when this Dante comes in, there are bells and whistles around him. He is totally different than every other inmate there. He is totally different in that he is a violent, convicted murderer awaiting charges in Brazil. This is not a guy who just slips into the population and say, okay, guys, it's time to go out in the yard and shoot some hoops. Mm 
No, this is somebody that should be under lock and key and have an armed guard on him 24 7, 365, and instead was allowed to go out because we're told, we've been told in some of these press briefings, well, he has rights too. Not in my book, not somebody who slashes a woman to death in front of her child. Right. He gave up those rights. He's not allowed to go out and shoot hoops unwatched. Uh, he's supposed to be under lock and key. Again, government and law enforcement supposed to keep the bad guys away from the good guys, and they failed. And just to back up on the story and to update everybody, Guy, uh, Guy Shiraki, we're talking to, but this, this goes back to early, in early August, there was this story in Chester County. There were reports that the Chester County um, prison had, you know, suddenly ended and that the, in fact, warden had ended his term unexpectedly that he had for some reason just left. There were all those reports. Then the communications officer comes out and says, no, 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 Uh, that's not true. Warden Ron Phillips had been placed on administrative leave. So there was that that little scuffle that had happened. Maybe maybe it was some fallout from the May escaped um, inmate. But remember that back in May when there was an escape, within five minutes – the tower guard, you know, they caught the guy. There, it was Everything was right. fine because, boom, they noticed it, they got the guy, and it was all shut down. And so, But they had put him on the administrative leave, and we never, they refused to tell the media any, any further details. They wouldn't say it. But it's important to note, and this is to your point, Guy, that, you know, Phillips had been a fixture there for decades. I think something like 38, nearly, going on 40 years, I believe, of experience working his way through. And so when you yeah. had somebody with much more experience in the job, you didn't, when have we, I, I mean, I've been reporting here for how many years of my life in Philadelphia from, you know, Fox 29 News and CBS 3. I, I don't remember a Chester County escapee to this level of this kind of search. You just didn't hear about it. And certainly you didn't hear that there were dangerous people who were volatile and murderers who were being held there. And that's another question in the community. So I just wanted to give that detail to update everybody because that did happen in early August. And then with within weeks, we had this major escape. Yeah. And, and so to, to your point, right, uh, you know, I served as the chamber president for eight years. And one of the one of the things you talk about in recruiting businesses is the wonderful quality of life, the low crime rate. Yes. Um, what, what I think has happened respectfully uh, to, to with my a lot of my neighbors is that everybody mm-hmm. took this stuff for granted. They think that a good economy just happens, that good schools just happen, that safety just happens. And, and I think this is a this is a sad lesson, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, a wake up call that those things happen because of the policies that put in place that do it. The reason we're safe is because we we take law enforcement seriously. And for the last few years, we haven't taken it seriously. So, right. So you have this scuffle with the warden and the warden sort of goes away and we're not really talking about it then there are whispers about short staffing and then talks that the canine unit was cut down mm-hmm. uh, from the sheriff's office and that's part of a political spat between the democrats and the republicans the prior republican used to have a, a whole fleet of canine dogs the new one came in because it was some partisan politics and 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 this is when the average citizen gets angry because the average citizen the family that was going to go to Longwood Gardens that can't. The people that were going to host tours at Longwood Gardens that can't. The schools in Chadsford and Unionville that were going to go to school that are closed, they don't want to get pulled into these political fights. 
So they don't want to hear about the Democrats mm-hmm. are mad at the Republicans or vice versa. They want to lead their lives. But we're pulled into this. Why? Because they don't take these things seriously. And to your point, there's a second issue, and that is the transparency. See, what happens is, as like in Philadelphia, is when there's absolute power, then there's absolute power and there's no accountability. Mm -hmm. There's absolute power, so there's no accountability. So the DA is selective in who's allowed to come and cover her press conferences. The commissioners don't share information. They're not available to the public. The, The alerting the public took hours. The initial reports didn't have the picture of the person, just his name. Well, uh, you don't need his name. You need his picture. Um, so, so Don, you're right. I mean, again, to me, this isn't a, well, these things happen. No, this is the result mm-hmm. of making law enforcement a low priority, of protecting the public a low priority, and, and instead being told that cops are the problem, we have to understand criminals, and we're more busy about virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. And this is a sad reminder to my neighbors that that a strong economy comes from good policies, that a strong quality of life comes from good policies, and supporting our police officers and getting the bad guys, if you will, and keeping them away from the good guys, those are priorities. And when the priorities are flipped upside down, this is what you get. And it's day nine with a murderer who should have been sent back to Brazil mm-hmm. or should have been put in maximum yes. security, escape the very way someone else did. Meanwhile, the warden's leaving is questionable. The short staffing is questionable. The redu- reduction in dogs and canine dogs is, is questioned. And we're all paying the price because some politicians have different priorities than you and me. Yeah. Amen. And that's, I, I would say, and, and most of my family and friends who are listening right now know this, that the Chester County that you moved to was run by Republicans. That's why, that's what made it great. And yeah. I, so I, I can't say it any more succinctly than that, Guy Shiraki. You know. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, right. And, Dawn, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about a lot of issues and you've covered it over the years. I don't often talk and say in terms of sort of Democrat, bad, Republican, mm-hmm. good. Because my party has its share of knuckleheads and we've done <laughs> knuckleheaded things over the years, right? But this is a case where, you know, sooner or later, voters have to understand the candidates who run on platforms of defunding the police and we have to understand the criminal and we don't need to seal the border and we need to virtue signal and we need to de-emphasize grades in schools and we need to trust school board members and de-emphasize parenting. When they say those things, they mean it. Mm-hmm. And this idea that the Democrats in Chester County, and I'm not going to paint with a broad brush, a total brush, but I'm going to paint with a fairly broad brush. There's a sense we have, but ours are different. They're not like AOC, and they're not like the people we see on TV. And they're not. Well, when you peel back, you find out that our Democrats are cheering on those people in social media. Our Democrats are at those rallies. Our Democrats are contributing money to those people or getting money from the same people. So while that means that we may see these folks at chamber events, and they're nice folks, and I'm sure they love their kids and their spouses, but they have very, very different values, and they're not your parents' Democratic Party. This is not the 1980 Democrats or the 1990 Democrats. This is the 2023 version that de-emphasizes family, that de-emphasizes parents, that de-emphasizes law and order, that de-emphasizes a sealed border, and bad things happen. And, and it doesn't mean that every Republican running is great or every Democrat running is bad, but every Democrat running should be asked why, uh, why these things happen. 
And for the commissioners who are running for re-election, voters should think long and hard before sending them back for office. And for the DA and the sheriff that are asking to be promoted to be judged to effectively a lifetime position, voters ought to think twice as to whether this DA and this sheriff ought to be judges issuing sentences knowing their thoughts on law enforcement and criminal justice. And that's why I spoke out, because I think it's time this is a wake-up call and voters ought to give pause before just doing what they've been doing now for the last decade, which is sort of reflexively voting Democrat because they've been mad at Republicans. Maybe it's time to pause and think whether that strategy has been smart and good for our county. Well said. I want to pivot to uh, a big event that you did this week, and that was when uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was here in Pennsylvania, a couple different events. His campaign confirms that he raised at least $400,000 in that fundraising swing throughout Pennsylvania. And he's obviously come back here quite often, and uh, Pennsylvania is certainly a key pathway through to the White House, and he knows that and has still a lot of support here. But I know that you were hosting one of those events Can you take us, can you give us a a glimpse of behind the scenes as far as what you encountered, what that was like? Sure. Uh, There was an event, there were two events on Tuesday. One was in Harrisburg. It was a lunch uh, fundraiser. And then later that day, he was in Pittsburgh uh, for a similar event. Um, uh, I made the decision late last year, early this year, that uh, 2024 was too important and that we needed to get not only get rid of Joe Biden, but change the course of the country. And I, you know, after a lot of thought, uh, decided that Governor DeSantis was in the best position. And I, and I look at it this way. This is sort of my punch list. Can, can he win the nomination? Can he defeat President Biden? And this isn't a game. This is real stuff. And then if he wins, can he actually do things that are meaningful and are his priorities the right one? And I looked at the governor and, and decided that his record in Florida, He's a man who, when first elected, won by less than 1%, and he was reelected by nearly 20. He grew his support in the African-American, the Hispanic, the Indian community, improved his support among women. He's leading a growing Republican Party, which is important to me, as you and I have talked about. He managed to govern effectively. U.S. News and World Report thinks and rated public schools in Florida the best in the nation. He said no to the lockdowns. Their economy's growing. CNBC said he has the strongest state economy in the nation. So I look at those things uh, and, and crime being down in Florida. So lower crime, more parent rights, the best public schools, a growing economy, a growing, welcoming Republican Party. And I think that this man can defeat the president and then do the things we need to do. And, and I add, it's not being critical of anyone else. I will support the Republican nominee because Joe Biden has done damage to our economy and our way of life. But I think that Governor DeSantis is there in the best position. So I joined. I've been volunteering my, my time and some of my treasure, mm-hmm. but not a lot of that 400,000. Just take us behind the scenes, though, as far as paint sure. the picture of of that event, because these are private. Sure. These are pri- more private events with yeah. biggity bigs and, and those donors. Can you give us a sense behind the scenes? <laughs> Let me ask it like this. A lot of times sure. when I've when I've covered these or I've attended these, what and, and even when DeSantis was here at the Union League of Philadelphia, um, and I couldn't make that one, but what you often see is somebody who when they're with the group, how they work the crowd, it's yep. very it's 
it's very different sometimes. Not with Trump. In my experience with Trump, he's Trump. I've met him. I met him in the Oval Office with uh, Rich Scioli, and Rich you know, brought me along with Greg Stocker. Trump, to me, is is pretty much the same with the exception of the fact that he you know, puts on a little bit more energy in a show when he does a rally or that sort of thing. Um, but with DeSantis, what I hear about him, he's he's a little, he's just a little more, I'll say, uh, loose, relaxed when he's with the crowd and the national spotlight is not upon him. That's what I had heard about him with the Union League event here in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I've had the chance to meet him several times, and, and my wife and I actually had the opportunity uh, earlier this summer to go to Tallahassee and have dinner with his uh, wife, Casey, and, and a small group. Um, and, and I would say that at the dinner we had, uh, it was like having dinner with friends. We talked. There was no structure. There was no staffer saying you can't ask that. Uh, Casey asked me a lot of questions about softball because they're girls of a certain age. We ate family style. I mean, you know, and, and I know this sounds silly, but I mean, you know, when it came time for the green beans, he took some and passed them along. I mean, so all this idea about, you know, how these guys are. I mean, he, he was a regular guy and fielded all questions. And at the event on Tuesday, uh, there was sort of the, the pre-event and the main event. And the pre-event, he came in and, and shook hands and posed for pictures. Uh, he has a book, as these candidates often do. He offered to autograph them. I mean, so he was very engaging with, with us one-on-one and talked. And for those of us that he's met two or three or four times, he says, hello, how are you? How's softball going? Um, I, I, you know, I find him to be uh, a regular guy. And in the when he speaks at these gatherings, um, big or small, because I've seen him speak to crowds of 20 and 50 and, and 500, is he comes back to the things that you and I just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes back and says, you know, this isn't this isn't just about an election; it's about doing these things. So his speech talks about the sort of the punch list: growing the economy, standing up to mandates. He calls it the free state of Florida, you know, where, where we say no to mandates and we may say no to dictates and we say no to masking. Um, but in the crowd, I mean, ahead of time, you know, very personal and during lunch. I mean, like like I've seen a mm-hmm. thousand times and you have he went table to yeah. table, said hello, thanked everybody for being there. And and because we're not Iowa, we're New Hampshire. In other words, we're not an early state. It's not as much about rallies. It's more about him in smaller groups because people are still kicking the yeah. tires so he's raising money. He's meeting with party leaders, chamber leaders, civic leaders, elected officials. Um, and, and I think he's doing well. And, and I think the more he sticks to that audience, let's put it this way, mm-hmm. people go in and not everybody goes in as a supporter. They go in and say, I'm here to sort of sense. But they see this, they see him engage, but they also hear and stick to a message that is not confrontational. I mean, for all of the, as much as people like it, but it's one that says, we have to grow our economy stand up to China, empower parents, reduce crime, and make ourselves energy independent. And he says, return to normalcy so we can stop talking in the fighting. So I'm impressed because that's the message he talks about. And frankly, Don, that was the one that drew me to him in December. So I feel gratified that every time I see him, that's what he talks about, the things that I think we need to start talking about, which is looking ahead and what should America look like rather than fighting over the past and what tears us apart. But what should we look like in 2024, 2025, and where your kids and mine are going to grow up? Guy, thank you so much, and uh, I wish a win for your girls as you come up on softball season. For me, I'm a mom of boys, and it's football Friday night tonight. But I hope the rain is kind to us for sure this weekend. Guy Shiraki. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.